Before we go through Palenque and the monumental site in Palenque, and I say monumental not just for its size, but for other reasons that I'll go into in a little bit. It was Valentine's Day in Palenque when we happened to be there. And quite funnily, uh, the, the times that we had gone out, when we came back, the wonderful maids or whoever had made up our room had put the swans or the towels, sorry, in um, the shape of swans kissing each other and making the love heart, which I don't know if they thought that uh, Aaron and I uh, batted for the other team. I don't know, but we found it quite cute, found it quite funny as well. So just a side note there of Palenque. Thank you. Great Mexican hospitality there. Now, when going to Mexico, it's important that you understand salsas. It's important that you understand what type of sauces you might come across and what colours they might be as well. Now, we were joking. Well, we weren't joking when we said what, you know, what we thought Mexico was famous for, sombreros, tacos and uh, drugs. That was the kind of perception that we had. But we did know on a serious note that the uh, culinary design, uh, delights that would be in store for us in, in Mexico. And again, you know, we didn't know a lot of the time, but you know, we're thinking tacos, burritos, quesadillas, enchiladas, all, all the usual stuff that you might find even in a supermarket in the UK. We headed off into town after arriving, checked in at the hostel. We booked the bus tickets for Campeche. We checked into the hostel. We got for a little walk around town. The sun's going down. Seems like a very pleasant place to be. Uh, you know, happy days. And we're walking around and we found this, uh, not burger joint, we found this street cart, which again, later on, years down the line, found out that really the best places in Mexico to eat are from the street vendors, hands down. This guy's selling burritos. Fantastic. Could do have a big fat burrito? Yes, please. So we both ordered a beef burrito, bottle of Coke as well, couple of quid, wonderful. Sat down at the, at the little plastic table and chairs, having a bottle of Coke, having a chat. Burritos get delivered to us on big plates. This is wonderful. In the middle of the table, there's a red sauce and a green sauce. Well, that's all right. Makes perfect sense to me. Got a red sauce and a green sauce. Well, you know, use the old traffic light system. Red's going to be not good for you. Green's going to be good for you. I'm not thinking, of course, at the time. So I've looked at the red sauce. No, I don't like the look of that. Looked at the green sauce and gone, I like the look of that. So I've just pretty much poured most of this green sauce uh, over the burrito. What could possibly go wrong? Well, it turns out that the green sauce was habanero or habaneros. Now, if you've never had a habanero chili before, they're quite spicy. I took one bite of the burrito that was covered in this wonderfully colored green sauce and ended up sweating profusely. My mouth was on fire, everything you could think of. Sweating, I'm going red, mouth's on fire. I'm not good with hot food at the best of times. Of course, Aaron's you know, being incredibly useful by just sat there laughing at me, which is always nice. Of course, when you're drinking Coke, that's not exactly going to help. That's going to exacerbate the situation, if anything else. Thankfully, the burrito man could see my pain. He could see my displeasure. And he brought across a bottle of what I call as a milky drink, uh, now known as horchata, which is um, basically rice milk, cinnamon flavoured rice milk. Uh, that really helped. That was nice. But I covered this stuff, this burrito and the green sauce. Thankfully, Aaron had covered most of his burrito in red sauce. What we later discovered was that the red sauce turned out just to be a tomato salsa. So not spicy, absolutely fine, a regular salsa. Whereas I'd put the habaneros onto my burrito. So thankfully, thank you, Aaron. Uh, we swapped burritos. Uh, this was after Aaron had stopped crying. 
with laughter. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, the horchata, uh, the coke, uh, finally uh, went down uh, a treat. And the, in fairness, the burrito is very tasty. But always be careful of the sauces. Always be careful. Always be uh, careful. Sorry, of the colour of the sauces uh, before you dip in, especially if you don't like hot food. Palenque the following day, the, the site of Palenque. Now we said it was monumental. It, it's monumental for a few reasons. It's not the biggest of sites in the world, but it has been incredibly well preserved. Or nowadays it's been incredibly well preserved. A lot of the places have been reconstructed and they've been reconstructed because of the extensive Maya writing or you know the hieroglyphic inscriptions that were found on many monuments buildings, steles, etc. They also found a long list of the, the ruling dynasty of Palenque as well. But the creme de la creme, the, the jewel in the crown for the site of Palenque was that they understood that the most famous ruler of Palenque was um, Kenich Yanab Pakal. We might know as Pakal the Great. And if you've ever played Civilization V, he's on there. Pakal the Great. Even better was that they found his tomb in Palenque. They found it and they excavated it. It was in the Temple of the Inscriptions and you can still visit this tomb today. You weren't allowed to take photos of the tomb, but from memory, I didn't take any photos anyway. We didn't realize the significance of what we were looking at at the time. It is only at a later date, having a you know Mexican, potentially Mexican spouse. I'm sure I mentioned actually, uh, sorry, side note, between that bus journey uh, between Bogota and Quito, where I met the Miss Future Mrs. Potinoma's podcast. It turns out she's Mexican. Side note there. So getting involved a little bit in, in uh, you know, understanding Mexico itself. We, we didn't realise what we were looking at. We didn't appreciate the significance of what we were looking at. So, yeah, we were looking at the, the tomb of Pacquiao the Great. And, of course, where some of the buildings had been reconstructed, you know, we wondered why some of them looked quite clean and modern. Uh, they did look very, very good. Palenque's received a hell of a lot of visitors. It's a very popular site. Uh, it also helps that the area is, you know, Chiapas itself is a relatively good state to go to. Again, I head across to Wikipedia for all the different uh, readings about Pacquiao uh, the Great. Uh, also, you know, check out Google as well. But Palenque also contains some incredibly fine architecture, uh, some brilliant sculptures, some incredibly fine roof combs so that's the uh, structure that tops a pyramid in uh, monumental mesoamerican architecture and also contains a lot of bas relief carvings uh, bas relief is a sculptural technique where the sculpted elements remain attached to a solid background of the same material so there's a lot of this unique architecture here that they found in palenque this is what makes the site monumental we had a great time walking around. It was a, what I call a lovely typical English day, uh, apart from the fact that it was 25 degrees, which worked in our favour. It wasn't sunny. It was almost very overcast, uh, nice and cloudy, which meant you know, walking up and down temples, in and out of temples was an easy thing to do. Uh, we must have spent six or seven hours there at site. We were looking at the, uh, you know, the palace. You look in the palace, you've got an observation tower, you've got various various other masks that you can see you've got the mask of the red queen that's found in one of the temples uh, again there's an extra museum there as well 
again, it is just a brilliant, brilliant site. If you're ever over there and you get the chance to go and see it, then do go and see it. The thing that wasn't there that we would love to see uh, was the jade mask of Pacal the Great, uh, but that is at the National Museum of Anthropology and History, which is in Mexico City. At some point, I'll get over there and, and have a look at that as well. We appreciated what we saw on the day, but we didn't necessarily appreciate the significance of what we saw. Again, it's only at a later date that we kind of realised what we were what we were seeing. With Palenque done, it was a case of getting the bus up to Campeche, which took about six hours. We love the idea of when you're compass mentis, you haven't been drinking, you haven't been whatever. Best thing to do normally, get up early in the morning, get on the bus, get to your next place. When you get to the next place, you know, thankfully, you can then spend the most of that day there and then you can just maximise your time in places. So we're trying to be a bit more sensible nowadays. We got into Campeche just after lunch. And Campeche is a lovely walled city. Um, well, there's two elements to it. You've got the really old walled city uh, right on the seafront or the uh, Malacon, uh, the Zona Central, as it's called. And then, of course, over time, over the years, the city has sprawled out around it. The old Zona Centro is flanked by two forts. You've got the Fuerte de San Miguel on the left-hand side or southwest of it. And then you've got the Fuerte de San Jose on, on the north or the northeast of, of the Zona Centro, a few kilometres away from each other. And again, this is quite an important part for Spain uh, when they were invading and ransacking Central and South America. Uh, I think Francis Drake had a few issues with Campeche over his time and uh, done a bit of damage as well. So happy days for Sir Francis Drake. Oh, and with Campeche, again, it was a case of spending a couple of days there. We, I really wanted to go see Ushmal, the temple site in Ushmal, uh, famed for the uh, temple of the uh, magician. I think it is incredible carving, incredible building. We couldn't really find a cost-effective way to get to Ushmal. Really, from where we were in Campeche, there wasn't, you know, day trips were a bit out of the equation. There wasn't really a direct bus that we could find. So we kind of hit that on the head. Uh, we knew we were going to go to Chichen Itza anyway at some point. Spoiler alert. Um, but Campeche, we thought, spend a couple of days here. And we'll head up into the wonderful city of um, Merida or Merida in a few days' time. But Campeche itself was cool. Not literally cool because it was about 35 degrees. But we happened to be there during a, a bit of a festival. So the Malacon, the boardwalk in Campeche, uh, we, we took part in a big, massive festival. Basically, people were having a dance, having a laugh, parading up and down um, this massive parade. Don't exactly know what they were doing, but everyone seemed to be having a great time. That was the most important thing. So we got involved in that. Uh, the hostel we stayed in was a delight. Anything within the, the walls of Campeche is pretty much a delight. It's uh, an incredibly well-preserved place it really really is and then on the sunday now the reason i remember it being sunday uh, we headed over to the fuerte de san miguel we wanted to go to one of the forts and we thought that just going to the one furthest away and having a bit of a walk uh, which was the fuerte de san miguel that'd be the best thing to do that's exactly what we done uh and as as is always a compromise it was a case of walk there get a bus back so we walked there Again, nice little fort. You can see how it was quite impregnable back in the day. The reason I remember it as a Sunday is because 
and I like I like what Mexico does here. I think the UK should do the same thing as well. The monuments, castles, temples, etc., etc., etc. For Mexican residents on a Sunday, the majority of them are free on a Sunday, just on a Sunday. If it's not a Sunday, you get heavily discounted rate if you are a Mexican. But if you're gringo or you're tourist, you're paying tourist prices. Now, I hold my hands up. It's not, you know, ridiculously expensive by any stretch of the imagination. It's just painful to see people going in there for free when you've got to pay for it. It's something I think we should do in the UK. Uh, we should have a UK person's price. Uh, and then, you know, if you're a tourist, you should have a tourist price. That might make more people appreciate what we've got at home in the UK rather than, you know, paying the same price as, as tourists. Just an idea. If you listen to this, work on it. But uh, the uh, Fuerte de San Miguel was quite nice. Uh, constructed late 18th century, finished in the early 19th century. I think it was 1801 from memory. Uh, from what the signage said again it's blistering hot you're looking out at the sea you know you're trying to take as much uh, information in as you can whilst not getting your tits burnt off by the weather it's just a nice pleasant way to spend a sunday morning got the bus back into town which was wonderful because it was only seven pesos it was about 25 pence at the time to get back into town uh, and then we found hands down we found the greatest chicken shop in the world it was just to the right of um there's on a central, um, might have been on the Avenida Gobernadores, something along those lines. Uh, we found this place that was basically selling full roast chickens for, if I remember correctly, is seven or 17 pesos. Kid you not, full on roast chicken for like a quid. Delightful, absolutely delightful. We just sat and ate a chicken. As you do, why not? Absolutely Wonderful stuff. Uh, God bless Campeche for its cheap fried chicken, or sorry, cheap roasted chicken, I should say. All that being said, after we'd had another look at the Lonely Planet, you know, we'd indulged in a bit of, uh, you know, local activities in terms of taking part in the parade. That was our time in Campeche done. We were getting close to the end. We knew that we were going to be in Cancun in probably about you know, seven or eight days. We knew there wasn't a lot of time left. Yes, we were meeting up with a couple of friends and my brother for a bit of a blowout in Cancun, but we also knew we were, we were getting to the end of you know, the, this traveling period and it was starting to wear us down a little bit, not just mentally, not just physically, but more of a case of, oh, do we really have to go home? Have we really got to go home? Oh, really? That sort of, you can tell that was grating, I think, on both of us. Um, even if we weren't saying it to each other. But join us next week when we will be in Merida. We will see what we can find and we'll be on the, the last stretch over to Cancun. Hasta luego.